ladies and gentlemen. Blue Jays fan, blue, blue Jays fans and booze hounds alike. Turn the volume up a little bit. Edge in on the edge of your seat. The moment has come. The time is here. Underdogs is back, baby! The year is 2022. The day is Sunday, April 10th, the time 6.27 p.m. at Stratford, as well as Toronto. We're back. Just like we used to, just how we started this show with me in Stratford, David in Toronto, the world collapsing. No, no, the world isn't collapsing. The good times are here. The Blue Jays are back. They might be World Series favorites. Mm, Might be. Might be. What do you mean, might be? Well, <laughs> you think you know more than the athletic? You think you know more than fan graphs? What do you mean might be? I thought, You're going to have to provide some data well, on why they might be. Who, who's who's favored? Who has them favored over the Dodgers? No, no. What I'm saying is they're favored to make it to the World Series. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm talking about winning it. I don't care about getting there. Okay. Well, World Series favorite to me sounds like go to the World Series. Mm. Right. Well, that's where we're different, David. <laughs> that's the only thing about us that's we different. We have a singular difference, and it's the way we view that. Um, yeah. uh, COVID's still huge. There's about 100K thousand um, cases in Ontario that nobody's talking about. But we also don't need to talk about that. I have no interest in talking about yeah, that. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Um, you know, like... What would you, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, what do you have interest in talking about? You know, we, uh, <laughs> we debated for, well, I don't know. We, we didn't talk about underdogs for months, you know? Yeah. We, I feel like we both were like, mm, we're not doing off-season underdogs. Yeah. Um, but. It was an unspoken agreement. It was an unspoken agreement, but uh, we both had an unspoken awakening uh, what what day was it? Like a uh, Monday of last week, or or Tuesday, something like that. Um, you had people asking you, "When's Underdogs coming back? When can I hear that again? I'm dying. Please, David, will you do it?" I had you know on our Twitter, you know, we had our our number one friend, uh, uh, fan, number one fan, uh, Brad Urbano uh, Urbanowicz. I think I think he said it wasn't wits. When we mentioned him last time, he was tweeting, are you guys doing underdogs this year? What? It would seem like a real failure to do underdogs for the entire 60 game garbage COVID season to then do it for the season where they're in Dunedin, they're in Buffalo, they just missed the playoffs by one game. And then to just say we didn't want to do it anymore when they now have this highly touted World Series favorite team that's back in Toronto to sold out crowds. It just felt like what was it all for? And so, you know, we're back. Yeah, but I got overwhelmed by that, David. I was like, what do we even have to say? You know, like it was easy to talk about them when there were problems, when people sucked when we had i don't know like who used to suck it is i mean it's it's easier to do something that's unexpected like i can't believe these guys started a podcast during the pandemic and they're gonna follow a baseball team a fringe baseball team who's just playing in these minor league stadiums this is an incredible story nobody started a podcast during the (laughs) pandemic how original (laughs) Only half a million people. And so, you know, it just it just kind of makes it more like normal life. And I think that we didn't uh, this podcast was never about normal life. This was about something that we were doing to make weird life feel normal. But you know what? 
here we are and here the Blue Jays are and you know, all the amazing things that happened in the off season, all the kind of hopeful things that are going on with the team, but boy, oh boy, was today a stinker. Mm. And I thought they looked good out there today, David. In some ways they did. In some ways it was arguably like headed towards one of the more exciting, I mean, the most exciting game um, that we'd seen in a while. They were just crushing dingers. Ryu looked sharp. Mm -hmm. Ryu looked like he was back to, uh, let's call it 2020 form, where he was a Cy Young candidate. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he just, his line does not represent what he he had some bad luck. He had some bad luck out there, some, you know, batted ball luck kind of thing. He, he, He gave up a couple of screamers, but I was thinking in that inning too, like they're up 6 1 or something like that's the point when I want my guy just kind of pounding it into the zone and, you know, letting them get themselves out. And they started getting some CNI grounders, like, you know, finding, finding the outfield. And then there was a couple of rockets, you know, he didn't give up a dinger though. Did he? He did give up a dinger. He gave up a dinger to uh, that kid. No one's ever heard of in their life. And he fucking smoked it. I can't remember what his name is. Simeon? No. <laughs> Simeon's uh, back to a Simeon start of the season. Simeon's back to last year's Simeon in April. But uh, this dude who is, you can see I'm buying time here just so I can find out. Yeah, I can tell by your buying time, boys. And just, um, just doing this. Yeah, just, oh, yeah. Solak. Who the hell is Solak? Yeah, I know Solak. You know Solak. What's his name? Please, Jacob, tell us. Nick Solak. Nick, I was going to say, is his name sick? Nick? (laughs) Yeah, I bet you were. I bet you were. I bet you were about to say, here's Nick Solak, and let me give you his bio. So why don't we just move away and let Jacob tell us all about Nick Solak. Go ahead, Jacob. Introducing the right fielder from Cincinnati, coming in at 6'3", 198 pounds, batting from the right side, Nick Solak. A lot of that was wrong. Some would say all of it. So Nick Solak is a second baseman. He bats right. That's good. Cool. I got 5'11". that. He's 5'11". He's no, you said he batted left. You said left and right a couple times i don't know what you're referring to <laughs> but wait he's but, six he's six feet basically that's what i said didn't i no nah, he's 511 jacob that's a real thing height's a real thing you can't just what's his say weight? what's his weight what's his weight is, he's 185 Ooh, i said 190 yeah he's a chubby 511 that's what his friends say behind his back they say nick he's a chubby 511 I saw somewhere, <laughs> I think it may have been the MLB Instagram, and I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but they were calling him Slenderman, that uh, creepy uh, figure from um, movies and books and probably like articles like about that creepy Slender dude. Um, they were saying that, that uh, um, what's his name? The Boston Red Sox pitcher, left-handed, beard, Used to be good. Chris Sale. Chris Sale. Chris Sale. There he is. Chris Sale. He's six six one thirty two. He's Michael Jordan, a hundred pounds less. I I don't know if it was one thirty two, but I want to. It may have been one forty two. He's a hundred under a hundred and fifty. I'll guarantee it. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I did read also that they used Chris Sale to play the vampires in I Am Legend. Um, They used his body type and they uh, put just the kind of outfit over him to get the sensors and stuff. Are you trying to get my take on Will Smith right now? (laughs) No, but but I'll hear your take on Will Smith if you want to give it. I knew as soon as I said I am legend, I was opening up a bit of a, uh, a Pandora's box, but I'd already said it. Um, I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna wait in there. I don't even know if I have a take. You know, like, dude, dude's crazy. 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, what, what, there's no, there's nothing unique to be said about it. There's nothing that if you if you can say something that I haven't heard about it, then the floor is yours. But everybody said about just about everything that can be said about. Well, that. no one talked about how erotic it was. Oh, I felt like we were all turned on by it. Well, no one said that though. Oh, I felt like it was subtextual, like a really good play. Everything was subtextual when people were enraged. It's just the way people speak when they're turned on. Did you ever see the trailer for I Am Legend? No, but I've, I saw I Am Legend in a theater by myself with no one else in the theater. And I, I had no idea that the movie was about vampires and I was fucking petrified. Well, I didn't see the trailer either, but there, I want to just, since we're on the topic of movies, trailers, assaults, horniness, um, I just want to talk about this quote of Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s. Where he says, last year you guys saw the movie, but this year you're going to see the trailer. No you, you, no, you fucked that up. It's the reverse of that. <laughs> what is it? It's last year was the trailer. Now you're going to see the movie. Right. In, in what world would last year have been the movie? And now we're going to edit it down to a trailer, <laughs> give you a little, give you a little, little bites about it and uh, just call it a year. Well, everyone likes the trailers better than the movies. I don't know if that's true, that it's everyone. And I think that's only certain movies. Well, but what is your what what is your problem with Vladdy saying that? I guess is the crux of this. I don't have a problem with him saying it, but I don't think he said it. You think that uh it was translated poorly? No. I've got a theory that it was created by a marketing team in Rogers Sportsnet Blue Jays media relations, like they had a meeting, and they were like, "What is going to be? What is going to be like the sound by? What's going to be the theme of this season? Like, let's come up with like, let's 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 just throw around some ideas, okay? You know, like like what if? Oh, what if what if we what if like it would be like used to kind of like movie analogy and like we talked about how like every you know every last year was like pretty cool, you know, it was like a trailer, but like this year, it's going to be a movie, and everyone was like, yeah. Ooh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Ah, I love that. Next steps. Next steps. Next steps. Let's tell Vladdy to say it. He'll say it, and then we'll take it on like it was his quote, his original idea, and we'll run with it. Now, I didn't hear the actual sound bite out. I've just seen the quote so many times. Did he say it, or did the translator say it? He said it. He said it in English. I've, I've heard. He I've it heard Spanish? it. I've heard my ears. Uh, You've heard your ears. That makes sense. Okay. So he said it in English and he laid it down. Well, I, th then I'm a bit with you then on that because if he, because Vladdy only speaks in English in interviews ever, every so often. I think he that's over. Kind of on, on, on MLB. Um, MLB. They interviewed him at the when, Raptors when he, game the other night. Yeah. I feel like he's yeah. just doing everything in English now. But what I wonder about that which goes to your point, is if he's going to be interviewed, he has to sort of prepare something that he feels comfortable doing, like anybody would. Like if somebody said to me, like I took French immersion in, in, in school, someone said to me, you're going to talk in French. I would want to know damn well what the questions were going to mm -hmm. be to me. And then you could prepare something. So I, I definitely don't think that was an off-the-cuff comment that he just made, for sure. I think it was, it was like months of work like someone made hundreds of thousands of dollars collectively coming up with that idea and now it's like everything you know buck damn they've got commercials built around it everyone's talking about it their mlb like it feels like it's too perfectly crafted to have been something that he came up with in his own brain you know what's interesting about that too is that you you have this excitement for the team and they're getting tons of national coverage like american networks are calling the jays one of the most exciting teams 
um, they have this great opening day where they go down seven nothing and then they come back. Teoscar ties the game with a three run bomb at seven seven and then they come back and they win ten eight and and today when Matt Chapman hit that home run and they put the jacket on him, they started giving him this like mild silent treatment and then they were all like yeah celebrating. I like welled up in in my couch watching it i was like i love these guys these guys are so much fun and then they just crapped out and lost the game and it was just sort of like oh yeah this is 162 games it's almost like we've like planned the parade already and like you can't sustain that level of excitement and and uh energy for that long a period of time so him saying you know this year's the movie and like like there's gonna be months probably where we're like is vladdy okay Mm -hmm. is bo okay is ryu okay is barrios okay like there's gonna go through those ups and downs but it was an extremely exciting start to this season well i think it goes down i mean i don't I've never seen a better opening day. It challenged everything that you wanted to believe about this team right away, and then it it flipped the it flipped the page on you. Yeah, it was like um, <clears throat> you know, if it was a movie, it was like I and I was thinking, of course, they've got it in my mind all the time. Like, <laughs> ooh, what kind of movie is this? This is kind of exciting, you know. Like most movies. You know, if you're following a sort of standard uh, structure, five-act structure, you start with like a status quo. This is what a normal day is. Do, 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 do. We introduce the problem. This was like we started out and like, it was like we started with the Titanic like uh, halfway down. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, we've already hit the, 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 the iceberg and it's like 20 minutes later and we're all like, we're bailing. People are jumping off and screaming like, oh my God, we're all going to die. Get off, get off. And Leo's like, what? He like wakes up from like a, like a, a nap and like he's wet because the, the waters come up to the bed. He's like, what do I got to get out of here? And like, he figures it out. And he actually like, he brings the ship out of the sea and they sail off. It's so true because I even said to myself before the game, because I had a moment where I had to check myself and say, you know what? Like, we're really excited. This team's got a lot of hype, like, but just relax, like relax and be easy with this team. If things don't go well right away, like give them some credit and know that it's a long season. It was the top of the first with nobody out. And I was ready to bail. I was like, reuse a bus, Matt Chapman, bobble the ball. He's a bus. Vladdy's <laughs> not going to be good. Montoyo's garbage. Everyone's going to get or like, and I was like, it was so crazy how fast that it all happened and and that i mean and then they turn it around and they come back and that's only one inning of 162 games Mm -hmm. it's so difficult to be a baseball fan yes it is it is you know some might say that it could test your relationship it might be the end of a relationship. And it almost was mine. But not anymore, David. Not anymore. I'm a changed man. And uh, I guess I should let everybody out there know that... Oh, we're going we're gonna to lose a bunch of listeners as soon as you say this. As soon as you say this, it's going to be like, guess who flaps hitting the goddamn turf? But go ahead. Say it. I, uh, I did get engaged. Uh, not, but less than one month ago. Yeah, baby. I'm getting married. I am going to do it. Fuck yeah. Um, but that's enough about that. What we, uh, is it though? Well, you got any questions? I don't have any questions. I just want to say that, uh, I'm proud of you. I think that it's, uh, a great decision that you've made in your life. I think that um, you married me knowing I watch baseball every day. (laughs) Yeah, I think I was sorry. What I meant was it takes a lot of like what it's going to take a lot of courage for Brittany. 
Um, she's going to have to put up with you. And especially if the Blue Jays are playing well or even, you know, playing in general, she's going to have to put up with you watching all the time. Mm-hmm. And she's going to have to know that. And, uh, you know, for you to both agree to that situation is, is incredible. She was all in on opening day. You know, she was all in like on the Jays. And then after the first inning gave no, up, no, 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 didn't give up. We watched it all. I mean, like we got Popeyes, we got a platter of Popeyes in front of us. Like I was like about ready to puke from watching the first inning as well as like eh, the Popeyes, you know? Um, but I think actually, you know, if, if there were any casuals, any people that are like, I don't really want to watch baseball if they saw that game it's going to be hard to like and watched it to the end and felt the journey of that game what a way to introduce probably a lot of people to the blue jays this season who have like heard the high like oh people are going to that bar to watch the opening jays game i guess i'll go i don't i only like going to the game and then like they saw that whoa baseball's awesome I think all you'd have to do is see Vladdy's home run that he hit today against Texas. It was his furthest ever in-game home run outside of the All-Star game in Colorado, which, you know, it's Colorado. Colorado. And it was and it was only one foot further than what he hit today. He hit it at the the max height that the ball took was 67 feet. <laughs> Which might seem like a lot, but that is a fucking laser beam. He hit it at over 117 miles an hour. He hit it dead center field and smashed. Yeah, he almost killed some dude wearing a Maple Leafs jersey in the flight deck. And then some other guy caught it after it ricocheted off him and was celebrating. And the other guy in the Maple Leaf shirt was like... Yeah, I think he left to go to the hospital. Like, I don't know how you get in front of a ball like that. He absolutely <laughs> obliterated it. And it, you know, you might just say, oh, a home run's a home run. That was one of the most unique home runs I've ever seen. I've never really seen a ball hit, like, other than maybe Stanton. That's sort of like a Stanton home mm-hmm. run, like just a rising line drive that feels like it's never going to come down. And Vladdy doesn't have the same kind of level plane swing that Stanton has where it looks like Stanton's like chopping a tree, you know, <laughs> like just going like straight at a tree right across like he's like a like a sword swipe. Um, that's what his where, where Guerrero still has the kind of like full like golf swing esque like round looking. It goes it goes low and comes up. You, you know what I'm talking about? Well, I do know what you're talking about, but Buck made a great point after seeing that home run that said that that was a lot like Vladdy Sr. And when you look at him hit that ball, it is that kind of like big, big hip turn level swing mm. that his dad had, which was like, if you could almost like, put, I'm sure that people will be doing it online right now. They'll put like, some home run of his dad next to that home run, and it'll be very similar. Like that was Except for very Vlad's much will go dad swing. Vladdy Juniors will probably go 20, 30 feet further. Yeah, and probably like eight to ten miles an hour fast. Yes. Um I, I'm sure everyone out there, or maybe some of you international people, I don't know how many people have actually been to the to the Sky Dome Rogers Center and seen a baseball game. But for the people that have, I'm sure many of you have stepped in and gone to the flight deck area and sat or stood at the bar there or stood at those tables and just like, you know, it's, it's, that's where it's, you can really feel like what an incredible feat it is. Like, I feel like obviously being behind a home plate and seeing it sail that way, but being in the flight deck and seeing this like happy Gilmore style, like, just like a little bullet coming towards you at that trajectory is is completely mind-boggling like well it's a lot of pressure right because if it's coming at you you know the camera's on you and what are you gonna do dive dive out of the way like you you're sort of like it's the ball has chosen you the moment like you have to react to it what are you gonna do are you gonna bare hand a 117 off the bat are you gonna get out of the way like what are you gonna do i think it'd be incredible if you had like the 
the frame of mind to understand the comedy that you had at your fingertips and not only dive out of the way, but like dive at someone who could be like sort of in the way and like try and like get them out of the way as if it was like a, a bullet coming towards them. Like it's a, and then they interview like, Wait, why didn't you try and catch the ball? Like I had to get this woman out of the way. She was going to die if I didn't like you guys should, I should be, they should be writing stories about this noble act that I've done here. I think it'd also be really funny if you if you had that sense of comedy, like amazing. We're talking about seconds here, but if it came at you and you were sort of able to, like, put your hands in front of your face, but hit the ball and then immediately pretend that you were dead, <laughs> <laughs> because for sure the camera would go right off you. And then the announcers will start to be like, ah, I hope that fan's all right there in the West. And then Vladdy would be going around the bases. I could be like, and he's doing his home run <laughs> trot. And like Dan and Buck would be like, do we need to talk about this? Is he dead? Well, it seems like he's died, <laughs> Buck. Well, yes, he has. It, it it took that 117 mile per hour ball right to the charts, didn't he? And up next is Teoscar Hernandez. <laughs> he, like, what would you do? Like, it would be you. You'd be. It would be a clip you'd have for the rest of your life. I mean, you got to go to the Hall of Fame if you kill someone in the outfield. No, but I mean, I'm saying pretend that you died. I'm not saying actually die and take it off the fucking brain. Yeah, but that'd be pretty cool I'm too. I'm saying if if you pretend that you died, like how long would the broadcast stay on the fact that they're not sure if you're dead? If you just played dead for a long time. <laughs> and then come out and be like, I saw the other side. <laughs> And the Blue Jays are going to win the World Series. I think it was. I saw it. It was, it was some sort of hell. I was in a batting cage with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I just had to stand there in purgatory and take his batting practice from 50 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> At what? How many feet away do you think Vlad has to be to kill someone uh, with like a batting practice swing? Uh, not a, actually not a batting practice swing, a, a self-toss. You think if you stood t 10 feet in front of Vlad, he's doing a little self-toss, practicing his swing and his timing with a little toss into the air, like 10 feet away, he, and he hits you in the, in the head, you, he kills you? 10 feet? Yeah, he's going to fucking kill you. He could probably fucking kill a left fielder if they weren't paying attention. He could probably fucking self-toss a line drive. And if you, someone was just chatting with a buddy in left field and they get hit on the temple, dead. He could probably self-toss a murder to the flight deck. As long as like someone's just exposed, like their temple and their skull is exposed. Okay, so, so, so Sportsnet, I want you to just... Imagine this, like we use that angle instead of the movie angle. You imagine everything David just said, it's like over this type of music and like describing how easy it would be for Vlad to kill. And he's, and we have Vlad at the end say, this year, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> And then it just puts up like a ticket package, like see all home <laughs> games in April for 60 bucks. <laughs> and then he can go, he can go by Vlad the Impaler. Oh shit. That's worth a life. That's worth a life. See I'll him buy this that year, Vlad the Impaler. He can kill you from 10 feet, 20 feet, up to 50 feet. You can get killed by Vlad. But that's what I'm saying about these like high end, intense, like trailer type things where it's like, come and watch Flatty hit bombs. And it's like 162 games, and so much of it is dead time where it's just like, come and see him. And then it's just a cut to Vladdy, like laughing at first, like, 
like pinching his gut at first and then then he strikes out and he grounds out and he pops out and then he makes an error and then three games later he gets a single to right and it's like the it's like it it makes you excited but then you have to also realize how much time is being uh, asked of you to be a fan <laughs> last year was a movie this year i'm gonna kill you <laughs> Last year was a movie. This year, murder. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about the lights, though? Um, the stadium, it, uh, the upgrades that they've done, it seems awesome. I can't wait. We're going to go a week from today, David, and we're going to see it in person. Um, for our first game of the season on my birthday, Um but is that but it's only we'll only see it if the home team hits a bomb. Is that correct? Like they only do that light show for a home run, or do they do it in some sort of opening ceremony type? I thing? wouldn't be like, surprised if they've got a cool opening. They do a little video and then they introduce the players after the anthem or something. I'm sure there'll be some there's gonna be pageantry. They gotta they gotta use that system. Yeah. It looks really cool. It's like dark with like purple tones in the lights. It looks like you're watching like a show. Well, they can make really cool. they can make any color with it. They're LEDs, though they replaced all of the big giant bulbs around the stadium. I said purple, and all I want is purple. So they can do purple. That's what I want. I I want dark lights with purple. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because then they can do Vladdy's Undertaker uh, up to bat thing that I imagine. Remember, I told you about that that idea where where Vladdy comes up to bat and like as soon as as soon as the out or whatever like is like confirmed from the previous batter happens, all of the lights in the stadium just go out for a second and like has a and the lights go out and then like a purple light comes up and like there's smoke as Vladdy comes out of the dugout and blood rains in the dugout. Which would be amazing if baseball was an eight-game season. But when it's 162, if you do that light show, and then he doffs a ball to shortstop. <laughs> yeah, you got to be a little judicial, I suppose, with when you use it. You know, if he, if he comes up in the ninth yeah. inning, you know, that would be cool. It might be but too much pressure. But it's also a hell of a lot yeah. of pressure on him. Yeah. Well, in any case, so the the... The lights themselves, there's a cool article from Arden's Welling on Sportsnet that talks about the details of the upgrades. And they talked about like the difference of what they can accomplish with having LED lights versus the giant bulbs that they had before. Apparently those bulbs, it would take them 15 minutes to be like bright enough for it to be like a regular game and the LEDs can be instant. So they could never like turn off all of the like overhead lights in the in the stadium before because it, it would take them 15 minutes for them to be able to be bright enough again. So now it's like, boom, you can turn off all of the lights. It's just, I, I can't wait to see it. This, the scoreboard's 14 feet or 14 meters higher than it was before. They've got, they've got a system that allows them to control all of the screens in the, in the stadium at once. So they can like have movement go from the jumbotron across like this big ring that they've got now. And like the lights are all connected. It's, it's very exciting. It is very exciting. And it definitely sets itself up for some key big moments for that to really have an effect. Yeah, And they're going to have a season like these people, like they've got a unique, uh, kind of, canvas to design for like with the different shapes of it and they're going to figure out cool stuff to do and like hopefully have things that are unique to certain players like like the undertaker intro that we're discussing um <clears throat> i'm psyched i i can't wait to see it that's that's what i got to say about the lights and the upgrades there's some new turf but like who who really cares i like the stripes the turf uh, i'm gonna say that yeah, the turf. They put stripes in it. Oh. Is that always there? No, that's new. No, that's new. The stripes are new. It hit us up on Twitter if I'm making that up, but that seems very new to me. The stripes. I like it. I can t- Makes it look like real grass. Makes it look like Oakland. I don't know 
what you're talking about, to be honest. I don't remember the stripes. I haven't noticed the stripes. <laughs> the, in the outfield, the turf is lighter, darker, lighter, darker. There's like a dark stripe and then like a lighter stripe. And so like it's like stripes all through like a rainbow. the outfield. Uh, it's not like a rainbow. It's it's like vertical stripes, not horizontal. Uh, yes, a bizarro rainbow. A reverse rainbow, to, to be exact. Let's get rid of rainbow <laughs> and just say <laughs> stripes. How about it's like... Uh, yes. How about what? No, I wanted, I wanted to hear what <laughs> you had to say. You. I wanted to hear what you had to say about what this, well, what this uh, non-rainbow rainbow was like. I was going to say like a zebra's gut is what I was going to say. The outfield's like a zebra's gut. 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 Like, like the inside or, or like what the like kind of stretched out uh, stripes kind of become on the, on the belly of a zebra. Uh, definitely the stripes because the conversation's about the stripes. So the stripes on the zebra's gut, the way that they come down, if you were to stretch that zebra's gut all over the outfield, you'd have our, <clears throat> I'm outfield. sorry, you were being perfectly clear. I, I, I should have, I, you know, you said that I'm like, yeah, of course he's talking about the stripes of the gut. I, for some reason I heard guts and like, I was thinking, I heard guts. I started thinking about the innards and, and the, uh, <laughs> The entrails of this zebra, poor zebra that you just gutted like a fish. <laughs> with, with Vladdy's home run impaling. How, how close does a zebra have to be to Vladdy's exit ball path for him to go through the gut? Is it possible? Oh, through the gut. No, because I was going to say, if it hits it in the brain, it's night over. Uh, but if it smashed it in, I don't think Vladdy can penetrate a zebra's gut. I'll be on the record to say that. This might be a little hot takey, but I don't think that Vladdy could, even off a tee, even with a soft toss, even if the zebra was on the mound and Vladdy ripped it at 118, I don't think it's penetrating the gut i do think it will break its ribs but i don't think that he's gonna put it through the zebra couldn't break the skin it's not so much that he couldn't break the skin like there would definitely be an abrasion on the skin but imagine I just don't think imagine that, that it's the, gonna puncture like the wall of muscle and cartilage imagine that the zebra is hanging like a pinata right in front of home plate I just want to go back slightly on your pronunciation of zebra. And I just want to ask if that's how you've always said it or if you're just doing that for this moment. I've always said that. Well, maybe like for 10 years. <laughs> you've been on a zebra streak for 10 years. Well, I found out that they pronounce, they call them zebras uh, like in Africa. I heard mm. Trevor Noah had, had a little bit about how... Uh, it's pronounced zebra and we're all wrong for saying zebra. And the way that we can know we're wrong is because the people who live in the place where those things exist, call them zebras. <laughs> and so that's why they're that. Yeah. That's uh, you've really made me look like the asshole here, Jacob. It's, um, not, it's, not, it's just a learning moment. You say, thank you. Now I know to say nope. zebra. Nope. I'm no longer a part of this podcast. I wish you the best in your engagement. I hope your marriage goes well, and I will see you around. David, I want you to imagine that the zebra, its hooves are tied up. It's hanging from a, like a, a crane perfectly in front of home plate, and somehow magically the ball, Vlad can hit it so that it swings right perfectly as the ball goes through the zebra comes past the ball right in front of home plate. Vladdy smashes it 118 miles per hour right off the bat. And it's just a mere uh, 10 millimeters in front of where he's hitting the ball. Can it, can it pierce the skin of a taut belly of a zebra? 
me take you back to a little moment in a pretty famous movie called Rocky, where Rocky goes into the meat locker and he starts just throwing blasts into these uh, massive hunks of meat from cows. Now, I'm not saying that a zebra is a cow. Don't hear me that way. Um, and I'm not saying that Rocky's fist is a Vladdy ball off his bat. But there's absolutely no way you can penetrate that type of cartilage, muscle, fat, flesh with something that is round. With something that is round. There's not a chance. The soft. Not a chance. Why do they call it the soft underbelly, David? They call it the soft underbelly because it is softer, but that also gives it a little bit more give to a round object will definitely make it move inward, but it won't puncture it because it is round and there is space to give and there is toughness and muscle and cartilage. Cannonballs are round. Yes, they are. You put enough force behind that ball, it's going to go right through that ship. How much force do we need? Like, do, what, what do we got to call Mythbusters? Get Vladdy G out there? The cannonball thing's a good argument. I do, I would imagine that a cannonball is going to go faster than 118 miles an hour. Yes. I, I would imagine it's significantly faster. Um, I would also imagine the point of a cannonball would be to crash through harder objects. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the soft underbelly of a zebra. I don't imagine that there's too many people firing cannonballs at zebra's guts. However, um, I still think, and I'll go on record for saying this, and again, I don't mean to be hot takey, but I think that if you blasted a zebra with a cannonball directly into its soft underbelly, I think the zebra would more in general explode before you punctured the underbelly. You heard it here, everybody. <laughs> so, Santiago Espinal. Santiago. Yeah. Santiago. Um, dude, I don't know, like, dude's jacked, let's just say that. He's huge. Um, Do everybody's you think talking about it. Any- Do you think there's any way put yourself in cabin biggio's shoes do you think do you think there's any way that when santiago rips those doubles to the outfield with like you know pretty great exit velocity and 106 uh, miles per known, hour it's, pro- it's, it's probably also known within their team that santiago is a better defender He's a so wizard. Do you think there's any way that, said it that, that Kevin could be happy? Like, could he possibly be happy? Could he possibly be like, this is great for the team? Or do you think that his season really comes down to him just being in misery? It's almost like he's on an episode of The Bachelor and he needs to be chosen. And so everything he does is about competing with somebody else and having to be chosen. And I know on the broadcast, they say like, "Ah, everybody's competing this year. That's what happens when you have a good team. It's like, yeah, well, Vladdy can compete with George Springer for home runs. It doesn't affect their uh, place on the team. Their, their competition is, is more real. Yeah. I think Kevin could hang himself. I'll say that. Uh, It doesn't look good for him at all. And I'm willing to read into a tiny sample size of three games and say that Kevin's cooked, <laughs> man. But all it would take is them to go to New York tomorrow, Kevin to go two for four with two home runs, and you'd be like, but he's, he's, you sign him for a hundred million. Like, that's how fickle we are. Don't you want to just get rid of him so that he doesn't even have the chance to do that for you, though? Like, don't you just like, I definitely want to get rid of him so they can't pan to him in the dugout after Santiago hits a double because I can't handle the way that makes me feel. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to talk about Espinal, and here you are trying to make this a Biggio thing. Like, can't we just enjoy how awesome Santiago Espinal might be? Like, how many times did we talk last year about how he keeps putting up the numbers and everyone keeps doubting him because he hasn't, like, got enough 
play time, but like <laughs> he had an amazing season and like him just doing that again. And it doesn't seem like he's going to do that again because uh, Mike Petriallo on Twitter had this thing talking about his exit velos, his first two hits, those doubles in the, in the first games, all of those, all of those balls were his highest exit velos of his career. So like he's come in, his first hit of the career is his hardest hit of his career. And then he does it again. And it's just like, it's 10 miles, 10 miles average faster exit velo for him this season. So he's just whacking the ball as hard as the, as our mashers do. And so if we just suddenly we have him, who's a defensive wizard, like if he becomes something at second base, yeah, it's another right-handed guy, but you know, you you hang out with the hitting whisperer, you live with the hitting whisperer. You know, like you're best friends with the hitting whisperer's son who, you know, maybe has a couple of whispers of his own. Like you're going to I don't know, like he I feel like he bought in. They're like, "Dude, you got to get ripped. You got to look at ball, look at his chest, look at that. Look at his chest." Doesn't that create a rift too, though? Like, is Biggio not like, why'd you invite Espinal? Or, or do you really think that they're all about like, you know, this is the team. Let's make the team better. I'm glad that Santi's up there with you and you guys are working out. Everything's going good with you. Yeah, that's good. I'm doing good here in Houston with my dad. He's, he's telling me what kind of rope and a chair to buy for when this all goes awry. Like, I, I just don't, I can't fully grasp what the inner life of the players is uh, in contrast to the desire to win because humans are selfish. Like we're very selfish Mm -hmm. and to buy into a team, you kind of have to have equal stakes in the, in the team to some degree, like you have to be a, a vital part of that team to be like respected by the team and to feel like you're a part of it. And so like, where does, where does the line bleed from your own interest to like your ability to be a part of a team? And I, and I, I would imagine that most players are extremely selfish. I think in baseball, you gotta be right. Like it's such a, it's such an individualized performance stacked together to make a team that if you're not, if you're not contributing in that way and yet the team is good, like I can't imagine that it feels good even to win. Like you think about the the bench players from the Raptors, like fucking, I don't know, Pat McCaw. Pat McCaw is not even the best example, but you know what I mean? Like the, I can't even remember all their name. Those guys who got title rings and they can like go out and be at a dinner and like have their title ring on, nice suit, take their, take their, their, their wife out for dinner with the kids and oh wow look at your ring when did you win 2019 oh my god did you have a good series well actually i didn't play you know and and that like that's you probably can't wear that ring because of that so i don't know it's it's sort of like that age-old like is Randall Grishik happier being in Colorado? Let's say he hits <laughs> age 45 old. bombs. <laughs> yeah, the age-old Randall Grishik. It's like the um, the age-old baseball thing I heard the other day. I think it's from 1900s. And it's something like, if you see Trent Thornton two games in a row, your season's fucked. Um, <laughs> but with Randall Grishik, like if he hits 45 home runs in Colorado, let's say, and he bats like, I don't know, 280 and Colorado's terrible because they're terrible and they're a terribly run team. But then the Blue Jays go on to win the World Series, like and and Randall would have been a small part of that. Uh like what's better? I don't know what's better. And I genuinely don't know what's better. Randall could it could at least like feel like he was at times a part of it because he well, and maybe Kevin will too. We don't we don't know. We're, we're basing it off of three games, of course. But Randall, I feel like even if he was playing a small role this year, he could know that the development of last year and them getting to where they got to and you know winning those games, having nice season, a lot of home runs. I feel like even if he took a step back and then they won, like he had been around long enough. Where like he he had his in, like the interest squad teams. One of them was him, and the other one was Bo. Right, like Team Bo versus team randall like he he was a leader yeah but you you can't you can't live in the past with something like that it's an immediate thing you can't be like 
Yeah, baby, we just won the World Series, and two years ago, I was a big part of that. I think <laughs> I think you can. Great. I think that they that there are like chapters, you know. There there are like cores of a team, and when that core has a journey, you know, they go have a trailer, and then you 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 see the movie, and then at the end of the movie. But I think that I I know what you're saying, but I just think that. Oh, completely just lost my thought. This is why I think I'm going to have Alzheimer's. My uh, dad's father had Alzheimer's and every now and then I just completely lose a thought. I think that it's... Uh... Now it's gone. Okay, that's that's that's, that's no problem. We'll get, we'll get back on the rails here because I know exactly what we're talking about. But no, I forgot too. So let's just do Who Sucks? New segment. Who sucks? So this is a segment, and basically, we just kind of go through and we like who sucks, and then we say who sucks and why they suck. So I want, and they have to be Blue Jays, or they have to be, they can be anything. Well, since it's the first segment, let's let's give it a chance and just do Blue Jays, and eventually we'll have okay. used them all so many times, probably because it'll take a while for them to be gone for some of them, and then we can talk about I don't know Putin, you know, and other people that suck. <laughs> um, I guess, but for now, tell me a Blue Jay on this roster right now. Or or yesterday, who sucks? Okay, uh, and you know, like this is a little tough with the Blue Jays because well, that's Blue why Jays we're doing so it. many good players. I know, but so I'm just gonna throw some haymakers, is what I'm saying. Jordan or uh, Julian Merriweather sucks. Oh no, Julian Merriweather sucks. No, he sucks, and I'll tell you why he sucks. Because the only thing that was good about him was that he threw ninety nine a hundred, and that he had a twenty mile an hour difference between his fastball and his changeup. Now he's throwing ninety five, and his changeups like eighty five, and it's just like ten miles. It's just like a same old dude. Uh, along the line that you can just easily discard where before he was something electric and exciting and now he sucks. Wow. That's a compelling case. You don't think he's got a chance of building up again? Like, do you think he could have been, or do you think this is a conscious choice? You're like, dude, you're going to die. If you keep throwing it as hard as you are, please stop or you're going to, your career's over. And they're like, all right, I guess I'll throw it's, it a little I less think hard. I think it's definitely a reaction to his injuries, for sure. I do, but like, doesn't change the fact you, that he sucks. All you all you all you asked was who sucks. You didn't ask um, why somebody sucks necessarily, or you didn't ask True. like you didn't ask me to empathize with the person about you know any kind of aspect of the life. I'm just telling you why. Well, first of all, I'm telling you who sucks, and then I'm offering you why. I think I accept. Until further notice, I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching Julian like a hawk because, as you know, I thought he could be a number two starter, and like now he could he could maybe be the second reliever in. Which dude, he duped you, and you need to get over it. He duped you. You got into something about him that you thought was unique and cool and fun and it's just you've been hanging on to it and he has not been good for a long time and he was only good for one game oh, but he gives it he, he gave it so good <laughs> it, was, it was so awesome. hard that was like that was like opening day last year or something or it was the opening series anyway yeah spring training remember him in spring training oh my god Okay, he sucks. Fine, <clears throat> I got Taylor. I got Taylor's Zacedo, number one. <laughs> you obviously did this after today's. No, game. man. Who, who, who? He was the first one to come in when they were down seven nothing or six nothing or whatever. Whatever happened in the first inning, they got Barrios in. They brought in Sacedo. That dude. He, he. How many runs? He gave up two runs after that, or he gave up a home run. Like he. And then today, he, he's also the guy they brought in. Like, oh, okay, game's out of hand. Fuck, who's the first off the who's the first off the boat, man? It's Taylor Sacedo. And all of that, 
on top of him having been apparently, ooh, he was he was spotless in spring training. Charlie knows this is the dude that we go to when we just, when we choose to lose. Get Taylor, and he's going to have to mop up an inning. Hopefully, he gets injured so we can send him down. Yeah, no, I accept that. There's no way I, I'm not going to accept that at this point after this short sample size where he's been a, a large factor in two of three games. Dude sucks, man. Like, I don't know. All right. All right. Now I'm going to start to really... Now I'm just throwing... These are just haymakers in the night. Like, I can't... I, I, I'm just taking... Because I, I don't think anybody sucks. First of all, but I'm just doing this. Rymel Tapia sucks. He sucks. <laughs> this is so unfair. He's played three games, <laughs> uprooted his life, moved to an entirely new city with an entirely different role. Rymel Tapia sucks because he's bonked it to the pitcher twice in like five at-bats and he grounded into a tailor-made double play in one other at-bat. He has one hit and I can just foresee it in my mind that he's going to bonk that ball to the pitcher all goddamn year long. Dude, he sucks so bad that they brought in the ugliest player in Major League Baseball, Bradley Zimmer, to come in and be like, oh, shit. I think this guy we traded for sucks, man. But he had those cool dreads and like he likes the animals. Like, what thought he was gonna be good? No, man, he sucks. We gotta get this ugly guy in here now. Fuck. Bradley. There's no way Bradley Zimmer's the ugliest player in the majors. Like, with all due respect, with all due respect, and like, you know, I'll just say it. Alejandro Kirk is even a close. very ugly. He's a very ugly man. I dare you. Like I dare you to Google image search Bradley Zimmer right now and tell me that he's You think ugly. I didn't look up Bradley Zimmer when they acquired him, up him right now? I, look I want pictures? you to tell me after you look at any of the first any of the pictures where you can see his face that he's that he's uglier than than like the sweet little dwarf Alejandro wow, Kirk. I mean, I mean that from a fantasy, like a, a Lord of the Rings dwarf kind of thing. It's not. It's not like a. It's not a dig at little people, David. This I I feel like this picture of Bradley Zimmer I'm looking at. You know, I mean, look, you know, if he doesn't go down the athletic route and he starts getting a job doing math, yeah, he's gonna have a tough life. But I think that as an athlete, that face plays. I think you can have a face like that as a a high-end athlete. What I don't think you could have a face like that working at the Metro. He's routinely wore the goatee without the mustache. Yeah. No one who wears that yeah, I mean, has ever looked good. He's in pain, Jacob. He's in pain. And I think that... Apparently, he's super fast. And I do actually remember that about him. I remember at Cleveland, he was like working his way. He was like, came in on defense and they were talking about how good he is at center field. He can run. Is he fast like Tapia, who can hit the ball to the pitcher and then get out right away? That's where I see his speed. You know, you didn't have to pick Tapia. Like the the bit, like the the segment who sucks didn't have to go past the people who sucked. If you didn't want to say Tapia sucks, you didn't have to. But if you uh, really felt like, oh, I gotta like keep, I, I gotta keep this thing up, even though I don't believe, I don't believe he sucks. I feel bad now. Like you can, you can. Well, who's another person who sucks? Dave Hudgens sucks. And this is why he sucks. Why is he so jacked? Why did Dave Hudgens get those forearms? He looks like all he's been doing is lifting lobster traps out of the sea all day long. Like he doesn't look like he lifts weights. It looks like it comes <laughs> from some function of his life. Like every day he wakes up and there's a 40 ton cinder block lying on him and he has to muscle his way out of it just to take a shit have you noticed this about him why is he so jacked like old man jacked well, he, he cut his man muscles <laughs> <laughs> that that thing buck said about vladdy vladdy hasn't even got his man muscles yet <laughs> Oh, God. He's been working out, but he still doesn't have man muscles. 
just listening to a 70 year old talk about a 21 year old's man muscles i was just giving i'm not saying anyone else sucks i was just giving you the opportunity like maybe you wanted to come in here and fucking give it to jose barrios who couldn't get out of the first inning on opening day fuck that jose barrios is no maybe you wanted to give it to hyunjin ryu not yet soon not yet maybe you know what i'm actually i got i got a guy I thought about it during the game, and uh, I think I think I still believe it. I think Ross Stripling sucks. <laughs> yeah, I've thought that before, too. Yeah, this is a safe space. You can say I, that. It's okay. It's okay. I think he might suck, man, and, like, you know, it's, it's like, sad, and, like, he's a great character. I think he knows yeah, he sucks a I think bit. so, like, too. He kind of has this, this bit about him that where he's like, yeah, here I am, just... <laughs> Cash and paychecks. He's not going in with the lead either, right? You know, he's 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 part of that crew. He's with Taylor Sacedo, Trent Thornton, and Stripling. You know, maybe I don't know. Maybe Tameza is going to suck. Maybe Merriweather sucks. Like, you know, it's we. You know, Yim, Yimmy Garcia comes in, and I'm still going to call him Yimmy. No, it's Jimmy. I'm calling him Yimmy. Well, you're wrong. Then you call him Yimmy all you want. I'll call you Wake Up. See, I had this whole thing even before he was on the team. I remember seeing his name, and I imagined this whole scenario where, in the hospital, the the nurse came to to uh, Yumi's mom, and they're like, "So, what are you going to name him, uh, Miss Garcia?" She's like, "I would like to name him Yumi," and then and she, they were like, "Whoa, sorry, say that again, Yumi." Okay, uh, how did? How do you, is that, uh, okay, uh, you mean Jimmy? No, Yimmy. And then later in life, Yimmy's like eight years old, he's at school, and everyone's like, ha ha, Yimmy, Yimmy. Uh, and, you know, he's in America at this point, of course. He's in, like, Texas. He's cr- he's crossed the border living a, uh, a, a normal life in, in Texas. And he comes home, he's like, ma, they, I can't be called Yimmy anymore. No one will call me Yimmy. Everyone makes fun of me for calling Yimmy. All the Americans, they're called Jimmy here. Jimmy, I'm going by Jimmy Garcia. And I think he changed his name to Jimmy, even though it's spelt with a Y. And so maybe it's rude, and, I, and I'm like misnaming him, calling him. Okay, I'll call him Jimmy. But it's, it goes again. It's what he it's what he wants to be and called. And I'll respect that. I'll respect him. that, I guess. And he said Jimmy. I think he should be proud of Yimmy. <laughs> I think Yimmy is cool. That's something And it's what his mother would have like wanted. If he slumps for a while. <laughs> and then he he goes back down to AAA and then when he comes back and they're like, How is time in AAA? And he says my name's Yimmy now. <laughs> and then he gets back to his form. My nombre is Yimmy. Um, I don't think he sucks. That's what I wanted to say. You know, he's, he looks good early. He's part, he's, he's, he's up there already. Uh, Brittany thinks he's cute. I like this. I like the segment, Who Sucks? We can just, you know start with who sucks and then just talk about what well it's it it is all satire david i i i hope that uh the the listeners understand that we're doing a a podcast about a team who seems incredible (laughs) and i don't know how to handle it so i just want to check in and make sure we we stay with our roots here and touch on who sucks because we dealt with a lot of people who sucked yeah and maybe now we can, you know, maybe now the, the segments will be shorter because, you know, maybe, maybe fucking, what was his name? Saucedo Taylor uh, is gone soon. Well, this picture of Bradley Zimmer, he's, he's doing all right. Let me say Mm-mm. that. No chance. No yeah, chance. He's, uh... He's got all the pieces he needs. He just doesn't use them well. Mm. It looks like it looks to me like his head grew, but his skin like wasn't ready for it. And so like his features have grown through his skin and like stretched out around his <laughs> <laughs> That makes it sound 
like a fucking monster. I think he is. And then you look at his picture, and he's a totally fine-looking guy. Like, there's nothing. You would walk past this dude on the street, and you'd probably be like, oh, that guy looked jacked. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't look at his face and be like, yikes. It looks like that dude's fucking nose is growing through his skin, and his eyebrows are Blasting to the side because his skin can't handle it. He's a normal looking guy. Huh. I guess I'm the idiot then. <laughs> I guess I'm the asshole. No, you're not an asshole. You're just misguided on the Bradley Zimmer. Like, I think there's uglier people we could be talking about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. No, I can't do it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it because it's it's one of my it's one of my boys. Coming up next week on Underdogs, you heard who sucks. Are you ready for who's ugly? That would be a funny like little <laughs> like try to get someone to listen to the next episode. Um, I've covered. Everything on my list here, David, except for opposite field, everyone hit parade. Um, and that was just a thought about how, you know, we got all these mashers and yet it seems like they've, you know, all that training. Remember that year where we did where it was like everything was all hit hitting whisperers techniques, letting the ball travel, let it hitting to the opposite field. It's like they've taken all of that now and they're like... They can use it at times when they need, and they need to get on base, and you know they're getting thrown outside all the time. Bam, bam, get on base, and then the bombs come. I think that's like one of the things that makes them the most unique is that they have all these like right-handed power hitters, and that you would just expect would be pull happy. Mm-hmm. And and I I can't tell if it's just like an early season thing, like it's how they're they're just saying to themselves like let's just get into this we're not quite ready we had a short spring training so let's just you know wait for the ball just take easy swings try to take the ball to the right field or if that's just a part of their process i have no idea like i feel like they're not going to keep that up for the whole season i guess is what i'm saying i think like they'll get they'll get power happy it's they'll probably go through phases of trying to be power happy yeah well everyone does um what I wanted to ask though is did you have anything else you feel like we didn't cover on this first episode back that you've been dying to get off your chest? <laughs> Let's see, Bradley Zimmer, ugliest man in the world. Nobody likes Trent Thornton. Rymel Tappy is a bust. Jose Brio sucks. Lottie sucks. <laughs> We're not gonna win the World Series. Uh no, I think we're good. Yeah, no, we're good. All right, everybody. Well, that was it. We did it. We're back. You're confused. You're, I don't know. Just uh, look out for us, you know. We're going to be here when we're here. And uh, uh, we're doing things our way. We don't, you know, I, we don't care. If we ever did, we care less now. And if you don't like it, then I guess don't keep listening because, uh we're uh, we're having fun. And that's all that matters. <laughs> all right, everybody. See you next time. I'm Jacob Eman. He's David Patrick Fleming, and this was Underdogs. Mm-hmm.